This episode of the Wiffle League Podcast was recorded on Monday, June 9th, 2016. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Welcome inside the Wiffle League podcast. I'm your host, Rich Nassif, here in uh, Studio H at the home of the one and only audio producer, Jason Hillenbrand. With me, as always, JF, our content producer, the commish, as well as Josh Wittenberg, our stats coordinator. We're lucky to have special guests. Although on my outline, I noticed JF, it only says guest. He's not the special guest. He's just the guest. Is that because he was, like, fourth choice? Uh, yeah, Chris Curtin should have been here, but we'll settle for Dave. Okay. Anyway, that's Dave Lieb joining us. Dave, I am happy to have you in the studio. Look forward, to, look forward to getting you in here uh, as we get through things. Um, apologize if my voice doesn't come off great. I just pounded about... Ten fistfuls of pretzels, but uh, they're not making me thirsty. I'll have you all know. Um, so as we go right into the windup, we're going to talk about um, each of the teams. Um, I'm going to invite Josh in to just give us one little tidbit about the teams as we go through, and then I'm going to do a 60-second uh, breakdown. I'm going to try to incorporate a one-word um, description of each team, and uh, we'll see how that corresponds with Josh's stats. So first we'll go with the Storm. Josh, what do you got for us? The storm pitching has really been the story for this team. They're giving up the fewest hits per game at just under three hits allowed per game for the other team, uh, as well as giving up the fewest home runs per game at below .17 per game, which means they have given up just one home run, I believe, this year. Uh, The problem with this team, unfortunately, is that they don't score runs that often. They only have 14 runs scored in the low... This season by any team is 12. So not too many runs scored compared to the Legends, who have scored 27. So almost double what the Storm have produced. Very good. One of the words I had written down for the Storm, who are at 4-2, and two, is consistent. And I think that kind of corresponds with the stats you're giving us. I think the other one would be stingy. Apparently they're not giving up much of anything. And I'm sure in many ways um, that's really suffocating uh, their opponents, obviously, um, what's what's interesting, JF, I believe, only has one home run, and Josh is at three. So they're not necessarily living by the long ball, but it's certainly helping. And from what I can tell, that means they're at a plus three on the long ball differential through two series, which is a which is a very good number. Uh, let's let's move on to the Fireflies. <laughs> Fireflies, uh, you could say, are even a little bit more stingy than the Storm. They've only surrendered nine runs. Uh, to other teams. The problem is they've only scored 12 runs, so their margin for error very low. Well, at 3-3, three three, I had the Fireflies, um, and I think maybe this is a little bit of a testament to the series we just played against them, that being the Rough Riders. Um, I had them as a very defensive team, very good on the defensive end of the, uh, of, of the game, especially last series. Also a very scrappy team, as you just attested to. Um, plus three run differential, three and three. They're in a good spot. They're keeping games close, and they seem to just find a way to uh, eke out some tight results. Let's move on to the Legends. The Legends <laughs> The Legends are, uh, you're not really, it's a tale of two teams, really. During the first series, they had 35 hits over three games, 
which is almost 12 hits a game. And then in the second series, they had 12 total hits, which is only four hits a game. I only wrote one word down for them, and that's unpredictable. Um, uh, you said a tale of two teams, unpredictable as well, and I don't think that's just their team. I think that's the individuals that make up their team as well. You know, if you think about Laz on the mound, he can be hot or cold. Um, you think about him at the plate, the same thing. Defensively, obviously, they can make some big-time plays, but I think they're also able to to let some easy ones fall in. And um, same thing might be said about uh, Jason's pitching, Curtin's at bats, Brian's at bats. As we saw in that first series, he crushed it. So unpredictable would be my term for the legends. Let's move on to the last team, and that is the Rough Riders. <laughs> The Rough Riders at the plate, they have drawn the most walks at eight. And they've also struck out the fewest times with only 10 Ks on the year. So they have done a great job of putting the ball in play. Yeah, I had uh, snake bitten. And, and being on the Rough Riders, who are two and four, um, I say snake bitten because if you really think about the offensive output that's there, uh, didn't come to in the second series. Um, again, in a lot of those uh, situations, from what I remember, the Fireflies made some fantastic defensive plays. Um, if you look at two of the games the Rough Riders have lost in extra innings by one run, um, you know, you could say on some very close plays that took a couple minutes to figure out what happened. Um, I believe both plays were at the plate, but I may be mistaken. One might have been at first base. Um, and if you look back, especially to that last series, I believe uh, the Rough Riders only made one error defensively, maybe two with the throwing error, but they made those two errors on the same uh, inning that accounted for the one run that won the game, five uh, five innings in, one to nothing. So um, two plays away from being maybe four and two as opposed to two and four, and they're on a, a now in a position, I should say, where they got to do a lot to make the playoffs. We're going to move on now uh, with the wind-up closing down onto a new segment. I want Jayoff to give us a little bit of insight on this segment, segment being called Rounding the Bases. Jayoff, what do you got for us? This is going to be just a one-minute scouting report for each player. So 16 short segments. Pros and cons of each player so far this year. And you want us to go team by team? We're going to go team by team. Josh is going to have a statistic for us for each guy? Yeah, I'll give you a stat or two or three. Some of the stats are positive, show uh, you know what this player is doing well. Other stats are uh, negative, where you know this player may be improving and or hurting their team currently. All right, we're going to start with the Storm, and let's start with Josh. Why don't you lead us off? <laughs> Sure, as you mentioned, uh, leading the league in home runs with three, ahead of a bunch of guys with two. I uh, got the highest runs created at about 14.8, and uh, surprise record pitching at 3-0 and with a perfect game in the most recent game pitched. Well, we all know Josh is a, a superlative player offensively, defensively, um, although I was not at the last series as Dave Leap just fell asleep. Um, we know he made some ridiculous defensive plays, and I think one thing that Josh has taken um, as something he wants to incorporate into his game is, is being a dominant pitcher as well. So clearly that's playing out. Uh, he leads the league once again in home runs. Um, so when you add those three factors together, if he can continue it to go, he should lead his team to victories and 
hopefully to a, a Wiffle Series appearance and championship. But uh, with still one series to go in the regular season, there's a lot that can still happen. I feel like now's a good time to explain the soundbite, if we could. Uh, that's Steve's reaction to Josh's incredible catch in game one of the last series. So that is also important to add. Josh's defense has been stellar, to say the least, thus far. <laughs> Dave, anything to say about Josh as we wrap up this first uh, player? Yes, I did. I did make one note on Josh. Quote unquote, Josh is dominating the board, and that includes my Vegas plays, stats, just as a person in general. But my question is, will we ever be able to see Josh's catch anywhere for the people that are not here? Mm, silence. Jason? When's the 2017 Wiffle Winter Banquet? <laughs> <laughs> April. Good answer. All right. That brings us to our next player rounding the bases, and that is JF of the Storm. Falardo is in third in the league this season uh, with his OPS of just over 1,000, and he has four extra base hits, the only player in the league with a single, double, home run, and a triple. Dave, I'm going to defer to you on this. I have yet to, to really see JF play uh, extensively this year. So what do you have? Uh, he's, he's the same old JF to me. He's always been a consistent player defensively and offensively. Um, he does only have one home run, which may be a little uncharacteristic of him, especially with you know the number of people that have two home runs. But you know that might not be his role on the team right now. He's focused on defense, and it's really showing because, what, they've only given up 12 runs, you said? 14 runs? No, the least in the league, right? We've only scored 14 runs. But you have the best They've given up the least home runs and the least amount of hits. I I think JF is the big X factor for the Storm. I mean, obviously, Josh is consistently a force. When you look at the offensive side, though, he needs to be a big part of their success. And so a lot falls on his shoulders, obviously, if Josh is on the mound. He has to carry, uh, you know, a big role defensively as well. All right, which brings us on to our next one, Steve Andrews. Steve Andrews is he's screaming in that soundbite, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Steve is averaging about 2.8 strikeouts per game from the mound. Uh, unfortunately, he's also averaging about 2.4 walks per game. And uh, from the other side of the plate, he has three hits this year, which is not a very high number. However, two of them are doubles, which is pretty uh, rare for Steve to get those extra base hits. So, Dave? The thing with Steve is most of those walks came in the first series. He's, he's showed a tremendous improvement in that second series. And really, his ERA is 3.88 right now. The, they, the Storm can't ask for much more than that. That's what they needed out of him. I think Steve's season will be defined by what he can do in the playoffs. Obviously, last year he was a huge help to his team, uh, the Taurus winning winning the Wiffle Series, and um, obviously that expectation is set. So both from a at-bat as well as uh, on the mound, what can he give the Storm as they start to get into that deciding time of the year as we near the playoffs? On to our next player, and that's Luke Pollard, the final member of the Storm. Luke Pollard is tied for the league lead in sack flies with one. And he is also not the league leader in strikeouts from the plate, which is uh, 
a surprise and uh, just something different. Dave? Yeah, and I seem, to me, he's making a lot of good contact. He's got to hang with him, if you will. He's hitting the ball right at people, I noticed. Kansas City special. He what did you just say? Get on the yeah, other hang end of it. Is that is that it's a, a hawkism? W I F. Yeah. Like wiffle. That's right. Wow. Um, again, I have yet to really see the storm, um, but I think as always, when you look at that lineup and you look at Josh and JF at the top, you're you're kind of looking at Steve and Luke saying, "What can we get from him?" And if Luke continues to contact. put the ball in play, um, good things can happen. Um, it, it not only does it put pressure on the pitcher, but it also turns the lineup around a little bit quicker, or at least with some more confidence that runs are going to come. And we're done with our first four bases that we've hence rounded because the name of the segment is Rounding the Bases. We'll move on to our second team, the Fireflies, and that will start with uh, their captain, right, Russ Anderson. Sure. Uh, Russ Anderson contributed in the first combined perfect game, pitching three innings and then having Brandon come in for the last inning for the perfect save, if you will. And he is also... This in second place in the league with uh, an ERA. His ERA is, I believe, 1.25. Dave, as a teammate uh, on the Fireflies, what, what do you have to say about Russ? It seems like every time I'm on Russ's team, he does an awesome job. I just wish I could take some of the weight off his back. Unfortunately, my batting average isn't where it's supposed to be and where I promised him it would be in the beginning of the year. So I'm sure his back hurts a little bit, and... Um, i just like to take some of the weight off his back because he's doing an awesome job. And he has to carry his kids around. So. His kids? There's two of them. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I, the one thing I noticed about Russ last series, at least, um, you know, it seems like there's more contact on his on his pitching, but he's getting co- contact that is helpful to the Fireflies. A lot of, a lot of ground outs, a lot of balls hit at people. Um, he, he, I believe, did not give up a, a, a long ball on the day, um, which is something that he's always been a little bit prone to. Um, and then also had that huge uh, home run in the second game to kind of separate the fireflies. So I think he continues to be very timely and very, um, need I say, clutch in terms of kind of leading the way for the, the fireflies. Come on, JF. <laughs> All right, on to our second member of the fireflies, and that's Brandon Eckert. Brandon Eckert is leading the league this season in K's per game average uh, at 5.71 K's per game average. He's, That's on the mound? That is on the mound. And he also, as Good I mentioned, uh, came in and closed out that perfect game with one inning. Yeah, he's 0-2 pitching, but doesn't really tell the tale. He's pitched quite well, and he's got a lot of movement, which seems to affect some players more than others. But what's his ERA, Josh? Uh, 2.29. He's actually in third awesome. place in the ERA battle. I think Brandon's a victim of just being on the wrong team, a- a- and I don't want that to be taken the wrong way, but um, when you come in after Russ, there's going to be a natural kind of let-up, and I don't mean um, that like people don't take him as seriously, but I think from our perspective as the hitters, you're happy to not see Russ on the mound anymore. Um, that and you guys aren't that offensive, so even though he's keeping his team uh, close runs-wise, um, you know he's not getting wins out of it. Although wins is an overrated stat in this sport, but um, you know obviously as any competitor, he wants to lead his team to victory, and I think he's he's doing his part. He just needs his teammates to to help him out. Next on the Fireflies would be yours truly, our guest and just guest, Dave Leap. Only guest. 
Only guest. Special oh. guest, Vegas Dave Special Leap. Special guest, there you go. Dave Leap, unfortunately, only has two hits. But fortunately one for one. him, one of those hits was a bases-clearing, game-winning, three-run double on opening day, the first game of the year. So quite the way to start off the season. And, and before I allow Dave to talk about himself, um, he also had the, the game-winning run in the first game of our series. So he's he's essentially, and that was a base-running play, not somebody driving him in. So he's responsible for two of their three wins. Um, if I were Russ, I would start considering maybe putting him in a more opportune position. Well, like, you want me to pitch? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my batting average is terrible. It's really sad to see that I only have two hits. But um, I'm glad that they were bigger hits. And defensively, I think I've been okay. Uh, I think there's more to the story with me. I think I will improve as the season goes. Dave, only two hits, three RBIs. Big time, buddy, big time. It used to be one hit, three RBIs. (laughs) (laughs) And on to the final member of the Fireflies, and that's Paul Stumbaugh. Uh Paul Stumbaugh, what is there to say? Unfortunately, he has forgotten how to run to first base. (laughs) But (laughs) thankfully for him, he's limiting his Ks this year, which is another problem that Paul has. Uh, He only has two strikeouts this year, so that means he's also putting the ball in play a lot, which has given his team the opportunity to to either move up a base or move runners around. And any time you can put the ball in play, I mean, you leave the opportunity for the defense to make an error or try to do too much. And again, I think much like um, I said about Luke, you know, I think with Dave and and, and Brandon and and Paul, you know, Russ is going to be pretty consistent. Um, whatever they can give is going to be a big bonus. And I think Brandon's had a, a pretty good year. But when when every team looks at their three and four hitter, they're looking for what can you give us? What can you do for us? And putting the ball in play is huge. Yeah, I'd say. Dave, quick, just just throw what you had in there. Defensively, Paul's been better than last year. I was on his team two years in a row now. Defensively, he's improved greatly. Awesome. Uh, let's move on to the legends, starting with their captain, Chris Lazzarini. We gonna get a soundbite or no? All right. Anyway, Laz is. Uh, That's at the end. Okay. Tail. We got a tale of two Laz here as well. During his first series, Laz was. Nine for seventeen, batted over five hundred, uh, and he was—he's leading the league in RBIs with ten. Unfortunately, in his second series, he was a paltry one for twelve, and his only hit was a home run, which is, I guess, better than a single. But Dave, because we cut you off last time, why don't you go first? Man, he's—he's he's obviously doing a lot better than last year. Uh, at the mound, I would say he's, I haven't faced him yet, but he looks to be about the same old Laz. Um, you know what you're going to see. You're going to see that knuckleball. He's going to mix up the speeds. Um, he's hitting the ball for more power this year. Obviously, he had that robbed home run, so he should have had two home runs last series if it wasn't for Josh. I think, as always, it's just what mindset is he in? Have things been going well or poorly? Because, as we saw in the first series, he gave up. Uh, he was part of a game where they gave up 10 runs and blew a 10-3 to lead. Um, they've had a lot of power. They've given up a lot of runs, and then they've played some tight games. So, Depending on who they're playing, you know, uh, Laz may need to buckle it down at the mound. And if he can do that, obviously with the power he's showing, he can help his team kind of separate from the opponents. All right, moving on to the second member of the Legends, and that's Jason Hillenbrand. Jason Hillenbrand is really turning it on this year at the plate. He's leading the league in hits with 14. 
He's also leading the league in doubles with five. I think the next closest person only has two, so he has more than double the next closest person. Unfortunately, all that swinging sometimes results in some swings and misses, and he's also leading the league in strikeouts with seven. Dave, go yeah, ahead. Not many groundouts or pop-ups for him. It's either he's getting a hit or striking out. Um, but obviously the pitching has been pretty solid. Um, good power, too. Did you see that tomahawk he hit, the one that Josh robbed? It was a high pitch, brought the bat up over his head, and tomahawked it right on. Must be something wall. he learned at Iowa as a Hawkeye. Um, did Put one of you sh- back there in the bullpen w- want to jump in on this? Yeah, Jason would yeah. have had a home run. Uh, that's another thing. He, yeah, as Dave was alluding to, he crushed one to center that Josh somehow caught. But I had a front row seat for that one, and no doubt would have been about 10 feet over the wall. Yeah, I was I was shocked when I turned and saw that got caught. I think the little case of wind swirling and then just Josh being Josh out in left field there. <laughs> Moving on to the third member of the legends, and that's uh, sorry, we're kind of goofing off. No, nah, I, I can tell, and you're telling, you're sending me messages where it says, "Feel free to add me," and I'm not really sure who's typing, so uh, we may want to be a little bit more descriptive back there. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Brian Boyson, Josh, let's uh, let's let's go with him. Brian Boyson, just like Laz, is a tale of two series. Uh, during the first series, he was a whopping 10 for 18, way above 500 as well. And then second series came way down to earth at 1 for 11. I'm glad to see that he's nixed the naysayers that were sort of saying, oh, is he going to be healthy this year? And you can tell by his swing, he's clearly healthy. I like the way he's swinging the bat. Seems to be more bat speed than I remember. And um, yeah, sure, some K's come with that, but... I'm seeing a lot of power out of him. Good swing. Some home runs, too. He's got two home runs. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's interesting how many home runs were hit in that first series. I'm not, I still can't quite figure out what happened. What I will say about Brian is he clearly had an adrenaline rush being back in the league. Um, and that led... No rust. Yeah, and that led, that led to a, a big day. And now this second series is a little bit different. So um, the, the gauntlet is in front of him to, to kind of decide his year... Is it going to be a consistent year, a good year, or is it going to be a consistent year in terms of being a bad year? And this next series will say a lot. And moving on to the final member of the Legends, and that's Chris Curtin, who is supposed to be here today. Chris Curtin. Surprisingly, Chris Curtin is in fourth place this year at his batting average, and he is tied for the most, he's tied himself for the most hits that he's ever had in a regular season with 12. And we're only six of nine games through the season this year. He's also leading the league in singles with 12. Dave. Uh, wow. So he just woke up one day and decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to hit it opposite way. And that's the story he told us in that first series. And then long behold, as we were talking about him, about him behind his back as he's swinging, he hits it opposite way. And then again and again and again. And he's batting 413. Yeah, Yeah. but he, you know, I've said this in the negative about some teams. Chris Curtin's a big reason that the Legends took two of three in that first series. Um, Came up with some timely hits, got the lineup back around to to Laz and Jason. Um, He's an X factor. He he really could make that team a tough one to beat two out of three times. Um, uh, I don't know how he don't know how he did in the second series as I wasn't there, but um, pretty good. He can replicate that first series all the way through. He'll be, he'll be in a good spot. Which brings us to our final team, 
and that is the Rough Riders. Josh, let's start with Steve Schroeder, captain of the Rough Riders. Steve Schroeder has the most strikeouts as a starting pitcher, as any pitcher this year, with 16 through 16 innings. So he's averaging one strikeout per inning. He also is leading the league in triples with two, which is a surprising feat for one of the slowest men in the league. In the league's history. In the Well, maybe not in the league's history, but in the league. Unfortunately for him, he's also averaging the most hits per game surrendered as a pitcher at eight. Can we clarify, JF, as a league historian, is Steve considered one of the slowest runners in the league history? I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, we don't have stat cast to help us. If only we started evidence. that combine like we always talk about. Hey, one of these years. According Dave, to Josh, we still have about 15 years left, so maybe we can get it going. Dave, what do you have to say about a Steve Schroeder? No, he's not up to his par at the plate. On the mound, he's a killer. I mean, I cannot hit this guy. He consistently pitches inside, and if you can pitch inside in this league, you'll be successful. Like I, I do want to get one thing in, and this can buy into the time that you guys talk about me. But, but as a member of Steve's team, you know he's a leader. He does lead. Uh, we need him to lead by example to get a few more hits to get to get some more power going. And I think he'll he'll come through in this next series. Which brings us to. Uh, Rich Nassif of the Rough Riders. Rich Nassif, just like Laz and Boyson, is a tale of two series. First series, Rich came out hot, batted 500, went 9 for 18 that series. Uh, came back to earth just like Boyson and Laz. They must have all been riding on that same meteor. Or meteorite, is it? Uh, batted 1 for 11 in his second series. Yeah, since late last year i noticed he's been having a power surge he's been hitting lots of home runs and i think most of his home runs came late last year um he can hit that ball that's up if it's up he's gonna crush it he's got two home runs and a triple this year i will say i, I really have to credit the fireflies uh last series and dave was one of them brandon as well i think they made three or four spectacular defensive plays um you know i I think at times I feel a little bit of pressure to, to try and, and help Steve and, and Satry and Dustin by turning the order around and, and, and setting the table in a lot of ways. Um, last series didn't get off to a good start with a few robbed hits, and that kind of snowballed. So I'm, I'm hoping next series we can get off to a great start and continue that 9-for-18 type performance. Brings us on to Mike Satry of the Rough Riders. Mike Satry, no hitter. La in his last game, that's right. I couldn't yeah. believe it either. He threw a no hitter. Uh, he also has two home runs, and he's got uh, five Ks. Unfortunately, so swinging a lot, hitting some home runs. He's missing a couple times too. Dave, yeah, tearing the cover off the ball that first series, and then the second series, it seems like he was just focused on pitching. And I mean, hey, it worked out. He pitched real well, but I think he also had what four strikeouts last series. I know Mike like worked that. really hard in the offseason. He, he built a lot of expectations for himself, um, not just because he told us that, but because Laura, his wife, asked... Lauren? Lauren. Did I say Laura? Mm -hmm. Lauren asked Sarah, my wife, if I was nervous for this opening series, which Sarah was like, no. But apparently Mike was very nervous. So I think it's all expectation. And I think now that we've... Had a little bit of uh, some adversity thrown our way. Hopefully Mike can put that expectation and pressure aside and just come out and, play and help us win. 
If I could get a timer up on my screen, then I wouldn't run into these holy fucks. All right. I just have to let you guys know how much fun Justin's having with his new button back here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Just like that other thing just you two were doing we... earlier. Yeah. Hey, oh. Another just button was being pushed. Yeah. Multiple sound clips, <laughs> not just one. I don't think it was just pushed. I think there were other actions. stroking and yes. mol- yeah, molesting. All right, which brings us to our final player of the 2016 season, and that is Dustin Eckert of the Rough Riders. Dustin Eckert, broken rib. Got that from his doctor, so we're going to see how that impacts his ability to swing and Broken run by a and ball. catch. Yeah, you'd think that a firefighter would be a little bit tougher than that, but he must not be drinking milk. He is batting 200, though, with uh, five singles this season. How many extra base hits? Zero. So he has one more broken rib than he does extra base hits? That's correct. <laughs> Dave, go ahead. Oh, man, what heart, though. A broken rib, and he finishes out the series? Are you kidding me? And it was over, I mean, he, sure, the ball broke his rib, but it was because he was trying to dive for it. Um, defensively solid. What was really m- more to come with him. What was really quite incredible is he made much better contact post-broken rib than he did <laughs> pre-broken rib. And I'm not being funny. I mean, he actually put every ball in play. He just couldn't run to first base. So... With that, uh, we're rounding the bases. Um, we're done. Right? Holy fuck! Yes, we're yes. We're what? home. We're home. <laughs> we've done. We've we've finished the rounding the base part. The question is, did Dave touch home plate before the ball hit him? Dave's talking to me, but not into the microphone. So Dave just admitted that, no, he did not touch home plate before the ball hit him. I heard uh, him say no. We're going to dig deeper into this, but uh, before that, we're going to go to break. You're listening to the Wiffle League Podcast. When Jason's at the table, I kept on seeing him look at me while he's with that other girl. Do you think he was just doing that to make me jealous? Because he was totally texting me all night last night, and I don't know if it's a booty call or not. So, like, what do you think? Did you think that girl was pretty? How did that girl even get in here? Do you see her? She's so short, and that dress is so tacky. Who wears cheetah? It's not even summer. Why is it and welcome back in the Wiffle League podcast. We do want to thank DJ Dave Leap for this wonderful music sound ch- choice. Dave, is this a song that you listen to every morning? To like, I put it on the two-hour loop and just listen to it. But unfortunately, after one hour, you have to switch it to the instrumental version without the girl's voice because you'll this, go crazy. Is this, the, <laughs> is this the trap version or dubstep? No, no, though. Yeah, you'll know that one, the dubstep remix. Yeah. It'll the, say remix under it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I guess that what this means, um, I don't know. They're doing some stuff on the video board. Earlier, we saw some other stuff that Jason and JF were doing on the video board, and we're, we're, we're not quite sure what's going on back there. Playing they with buttons. Sexual. They were pushing buttons. Now they're giving a lot of hand motions. Oh! Dave, do you know what time it is? That song means only one thing. It's time for Dave's Vegas plays the live version the live version dave we're, we're thrilled time to, ever. we're thrilled to have you in studio for these um we want you to rattle off four or five okay. new vegas plays that we have yet to hear yes okay this is the only reason i'm here let's be honest the analysis on certain players i had nothing to offer you guys that's okay. but right here this is my bread and butter <laughs> all right play number one this is kind of we'll do two sad ones two happy ones we'll do start with the sad Will a player finish below 100 
batting average. Josh, can yes. you give us one minus minus one fifty? No, plus one fifteen. So, almost even odds. Josh, can you give us some statistical? Sure, I believe only two players have ever finished an entire regular season below one hundred. And I think that happened back in 2013. I'm checking right now. And no yes, pitcher's circle back then. Remember? There so, was no pitcher's circle. So in the in the pitcher's circle arc, pitcher's circle arc era, nobody has ever finished a season below 100. And Dave, one more time, the odds on that? Yes, minus 150, no, plus 115. Josh, what do you think? Well, seeing as how one of the gentlemen who's currently, I will say, there are three people currently under 100. So I think that's where Dave got this idea. Um, they are Dave Leap, Paul Stumbaugh, and Luke Pollard. Uh, since Luke's on my team, I really hope that he gets it, and I really hope for everybody that everybody gets it. So I'm going to say no. Do you guys want to jump in, or are you good? Okay. Uh, Dave, let's go with our second Sad. Josh just says no. Vegas okay. play. I'm going to say yes to that one. Okay. Um, the other sad one. Who would lead the league in striking out? We have Jason, who's leading the league at seven strikeouts at minus 140. Mike Satry at even odds at six strikeouts. Dave Leap, plus 180 at five strikeouts. Boyson with five strikeouts. Steve Andrews with five strikeouts. Who cares about the odds on those? Um, so who will finish the year the highest strikeout total batting wow there's a lot of people in contention I think what you got to look at are the matchups so you have Boyson going against uh, Boyson and Hillenbrand going against Russ and Brandon high high strikeout guys Mm. you have Satry going against Josh and Steve you have Andrews going against uh, Steve Schroeder and Mike Satry if I were to pick one, I, I would probably look at a, a Brian Boyson. I think he might struggle. Good odds on him. Yeah, Plus very 200. good. I think that's good money, good value, and I think, again, going up against Russ and Brandon, that could be a big one. It will not be me. You're not going to strike Jason out? Either. I would not pick Jason. Yeah, I, I think I'd pick Sadri because of who's facing. Jason, the only problem is you could, you could not strike out the rest of the way and still win the ward. That is true, but I count on at least a few of those names up there striking out. And the end of that first series was trouble. Trouble. Dave? All right. Next pick. Who will win the batting title, a.k.a. who will have the best average at the end of the year? Right now, Josh Wittenberg is leading with batting 565. We have Jason batting 437. I'm sorry, Josh is minus 200 favorite. Obviously a big favorite. Jason is plus 150. And then next we have Curtin at batting 413. We've mentioned that. Plus 300 for him. And Justin batting 375. He's a plus 200. I think uh, Russ should also be in there. He's at like a. He's f- close. Very close. 416. Yep. Russ at 416. And uh, Brian Boyson's at 379. No, those guys okay. were not apparently good enough for Dave to get in there. Yeah, but Dave, I, might, I might bet Dave, on those guys because Dave's odds playing, should be really well. Dave's playing future prospects, though. I mean, he's looking at guys who, you know, based on all of his math work and, and history. Yeah, I know things that you probably exactly. don't know um, with the analytics. I, I appreciate making the list this time, Dave. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Josh, uh, tr- traditionally, how do you do against a Steve Schroeder? Uh, I'm going to say well to, to very well. Okay, I'm going to bet on Josh. I want my money back. <laughs> you bet $100, you get 50 back. I'll take it. All right. 
Now let's go to the final play. Pitcher of the year. This is an interesting one. I mean, this se- this season is not over, but this category could possibly be over already. We have Russ. I'm sorry, we'll start with the favorite. Wittenberg. Oh, unbelievable run average of .34, ladies and gentlemen. .34. He's also, he's also minus 200. This is like the last category. Russ, his ERA is 1.25. Very good. Plus 150. And then other... In this case, is really almost only Brandon. 2.29. 2.29. That'll be plus 1,000. Um, JF, can you give us some insight onto what determines the pitcher of the year? What what metric or what st- statistical? The best c- pitching stats. Okay, the so it's a collection. Performance. Is, one of, the sta- is one of the First stats jam. weighted more than any other? No, not necessarily. It's uh, the totality of the performance in the regular season okay well I, I might bet on Anderson then not as the favorite um, he has a he has an opportunity to go up against the legends and potentially get two more wins which would put him at five on the year he he might have a chance to lower that sparkling 1.25 uh, runs against the one thing going against Josh is he'll be facing the Rough Riders who um, I think are a little disappointed with their offensive output thus far and it could be an interesting matchup if he shuts them down then that might seal the deal for him uh, if if the Rough Riders are able to rough him up, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> then it might be a different story. Also, he's logged less innings than Russ, so if he gives up like two or three home runs, it'll then, or greater runs. effect. Right. All right, Dave. Thank you for those Vegas plays. Oh, you're very welcome, Rich. Um, I find it interesting that you think that I have a worse chance than Russ going up against a far inferior team than Russ is facing. It just seems counterintuitive to what all the statistics and the math is telling us. Your team has only won two games, and you've lost four games, and you're not so good on the the offensive statistics. I yet. believe we've scored. Now the, I have. I believe we've scored the second most runs. Yeah. What in the holy fuck? That's I believe all we've I have scored. To say. And and, and st- stats don't determine the future. They are simply a story of the past. That's true. But the stats says. Okay, your we team need to wrap this up. Four. So good. that is a good story of the past. Good thing the season is nine games long. Fight. Fight. All right, Fight. we are moving on. Guys, are you going to write me a message or cuz are we going to break? No, we just need to move on. Okay, so we're not we're not going into the Okay, very good. We're going into the going deep then, Dave. This is the segment where I'm going to ask you some hard-hitting questions. I'm ready. All right. You're born for I'm this. up to the challenge, you know, know that. All right, I only have 5, but I think we should cover quite a bit here. Only 5. Only 5. Um, first thing I want to ask you, you're a founding member of the league. You've been in involved in every season that the league has been in its existence. So how often do you f- reflect on the fact that you've been here since the beginning? Wow, I reflect on that quite a bit. And you're talking about the fry Veshroff era, is what I call it. You can say the beginning, but I call it the fry Veshroff era. <laughs> God, I miss those motherfuckers. <laughs> um, man, it is just humbling. I have really enjoyed my time playing wiffle ball with all you motherfuckers and you know good times bad times what's the name how does the rest of the song go good times bad times you know i had my share yeah exactly and that's just the story of my wiffle ball life right there give you some stats on dave leap he's played 154 games of wiffle good regular season and postseason and i'm like 500 right 
Uh, your regular season win percentage is 48%, so just shy of 500. But your postseason win percent is a little above 60%. So your combined winning percent is 51.3. Also right. the story of my life. Just average. All right, Dave, we're going to continue going deep here. Sorry, Dave. Actually, those were Hanchman stats. One of them. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at yours. One of the. Uh, I'm five hundred. <laughs> Dave's played 172 games, and his combined win percentage is exactly 500. You're damn right. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, Dave. Uh, second question, going deep. One of the more you're one of the more soft-spoken league members. Is that fair to say? Yeah. What is something you want all Wiffle fans out there? I mean, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> okay, maybe not uh, this time. Actually, what, what's what's something you want all the Wiffle fans out there to know about you? What's something that maybe I'm drives actually you? Very competitive when it comes to Wiffle ball, but I just sort of uh, channel it into other ways besides yelling at people and lying. Um, and that's only because I just want to win the best sportsmanship award, and that's basically the only reason why I like to go up on stage and do my shitty speeches and. Try to impress the date that I brought. Very good. So that I can have sex later. If you <laughs> want to know, it's all about sex. That's what it comes down to. All right, Dave. How Aside many times have you gotten laid on banquet night? Every time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Betting 1,000. <laughs> keep giving him awards and the sex will keep on coming. Ooh, we need that award. <laughs> I don't want to go into the odds of Actually, that I brought award. Joe Cooper one year. I did not have sex with Joe Cooper. <laughs> So you're not batting a thousand. That is uh, one of the errors. Yeah, that dark year. But you might be batting both ways. Might. <laughs> I'll see Jason and Justin in the room in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how JF is very relaxed right now after that earlier action that was going on on the camera screen. Anyway. Hand job. <laughs> All right, Dave, moving on. What aspect of your play on the field? Do you have or take the most pride in? Hmm. I'm not really good at anything. But I would say pitching and defense. I really do enjoy pitching. I'm not the best, but pitching is fun because I can hit the zone fairly consistently. And that's about it. My hitting is terrible, and I need to work on that. But, you know, I would pride myself in pitching and defense. Does it, does it eat at you that you don't get a lot of starts on the mound? Um, no, I mean, I know the ranking of pitchers, so I don't, I'm not bothered by that. Very good. That's why you're the ultimate team player. 41 total innings for Dave once we switch to Chestnut. Pitching. What's my run average? 2.93. What in the holy fuck? All right, Dave. Final two going. (laughs) (laughs) Final two going deep here. Many would say Panera. You say Corner Bakery. Why is that? Because I work there and they pay me. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I think Panera's food's better. I haven't eaten it in a good four to five years, but their bread is way better. Their sandwiches are better. Our sweets are better. Our salads are better. Um, our pastas are better. G- going into that, when you're when you're working, when you're at work, how often do you get asked for an autograph? Uh, wow, once a week. But I get a girl's number every day. <laughs> Have you decided charging the youngsters for those autographs, like like many professionals do? Yeah, but that's when I like arrange the time and make a reservation. And, you do an appearance, but like if it's just offhand, then I yeah. I make the kids' day. <laughs> I'm sure you do. 
Um, all right, last and final question. Hopefully, hopefully this will give you a little bit, little bit, a <laughs> little bit of an, an opportunity to really let us inside your mind and and this aspect of the podcast that you do so well. Um, but um, you know, we heard your Vegas plays earlier. It's something that we've made a basically a fixture of every segment. Um, and so I've made a living, yeah, off it. Yeah, you're making a lot of money. What What's the most fascinating part? of the Vegas plays process for you? Like what, what part of the process that maybe those of us in the public don't see, do you find the most fascinating? Um, I like when you guys analyze them, that'd be first and foremost, when you guys analyze and see, you know, what your opinion is on say an over under the second most satisfying part is actually seeing how it turned out at the end of the season or at the end of the banquet or at the end of the sexy time night. (laughs) I wonder if we should almost do like a, an almanac every year so that we have your. Yeah, we could make it more structured for sure. And like, I think like if there was a book at the Wiffle Series, you know. that The happened. Wiffle Series will actually, we will be taking bets this year. I'm going to start forcing people to take bets. We were experimenting last year, but we will be taking bets this year. Will there be stipulations on players involved? and? Yeah, it's just like last year. We came up with all that last year. Obviously, you can't bet if you're playing. Right, okay. Are you afraid any of the like a Black Sox situation might happen? Shoeless Joe Jackson. I was last year, but I think we've worked all that out. Great. What else about the Vegas plays that that you want to share with the public? And well, we'll just go ahead and relive some of our preseason Vegas plays from the what, previous podcast, right? It was yes, only, it was the last podcast. Okay. Over under home runs through the postseason, twenty three, and I think most of you picked over. If I remember correctly, you thought it was going to be an offensive season. That was the consensus. I picked the under. Okay, we're at 13 right now. Take that for what it's worth. That's probably right on its way. I don't know. So we are four series, series left. Four, no, four through, series. I'm sorry, yeah, through the postseason. Four series so far, four series to go. So puts us on track for 26. 26. Who will have the most home runs, Justin or Steve Schroeder? Right now, Justin has one. Steve Schroeder has zero. So take that for what it's worth. Who will win the batting title? Josh was a heavy favorite at minus 160. Steve Schroeder. Was next at minus two twenty five. Justin, Russ, Rich. I think Josh won. Where was Hillebrand in there? He is not included. Wow. Defensive wow. Player of the Year. I'm sorry. That's all I. I'm sorry. Batting title. Also, Josh minus one sixty. JF plus three fifty. JF is at batting three seventy five right now, so that's close. Um, Schroeder. What is he at, 280? Short is at 296. And then Russ. So, I mean, I guess that's pretty close. Rich, Russ. Was Jason in there? Jason's not included. <laughs> what a crock. <laughs> but he is. He certainly is now, obviously, with the batting 437. Okay. How many triples through the postseason? 3.5 was the mark. Right now, we're actually at four. I think most of you picked over on that one. Yeah, so for good sure. Job. For sure. Pay up. One of you picked under. Steve's run average. Okay, we got that. Okay. Will the series be played in the rain? This one's interesting because it stopped raining during the last series, like at the first pitch, if I remember correctly, and it's questionable. Maybe there were some drops. Whatever. That one's boring. Who <laughs> that cares? one was really tight. That was very close. Like the raindrops were like. Warm ups had some rain. Yeah, the warm ups had rain. Lots of rain. Pouring. Mm-hmm. You guys were soaked. I think we should go back. I saw Chris's nipples. <laughs> Go back to the Steve Andrews ERA Vegas play. We talked that about that on cool. break. I believe the Vegas play was 
Three point seven five will be Steve Andrews over under. And it's at three point eight eight right now. Are you pretty proud of that fact? I'm very proud of that fact, especially considering he's always improving, it seems like. So it might drop a little bit. I don't think Rich agrees with me. All right, Dave, we I, I hate to cut you off, but we gotta get into our, our final pieces here to That's the fine, show. I guess. Well, it's it's not open mic night at the Apollo. All right, you know, just who hosted that? Was that Steve Harvey? I think it was Carlton from uh, from the Wilson <laughs> oh, yeah. Fresh Prince. All right, Dave, uh, we're going to go into rapid fire. This Alfonso is not Ribeiro. word association. This is rapid fire. We just want your honest, candid response. One word? No, not one word. Rapid fire, quick answers. Unlike Brian Boyson, who gave us somewhat slow and in some cases no answers. <laughs> Okay, so I'll say the first word that comes to my mind. Or or thought. <laughs> word. <It's> not word. <laughs> All right. Favorite restaurant. Ooh. Don't say Panera. Damn it. Um <laughs> Big Bull. Oh. It's the first. Favorite movie. Terminator two. <laughs> Favorite band. Metallica. <laughs> Favorite animal. Cheetah. I thought you might say the firefly. Mm. Mm. No. Okay. But pupfish or chihuahua, maybe. Sexiest part of, <laughs> of your body. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Damn. Just so many. Uh, probably my chest. <laughs> As he flexes. Oh my gosh. Second favorite sport behind wiffle ball. I can't choose wiffle ball. That's your first favorite. Okay. We're assuming that's your first favorite. It goes football, basketball, baseball, hockey. So football? Yeah. Surprise hockey was low. Yeah. Just doesn't It's just because the Blackhawks are out. If they were in you know, remotely further right. than so they were, I would say. So you're a fair story. weather guy. Worst a little bit. wiffle moment. Oh, it's a long time, man. Was it when the Fry Vesheroff era ended? No, it's got to be losing the wiffle series as the 66ers. Mm. Tough when I was the captain. Tough one. Personally. Josh and Steve Schroeder were on that team, correct? Right. Luke Pollard? Yep. And that was the year we both batted under 100. Mm. Mm. On the same team. Mm. Biggest wiffle rival. Josh. Mm. It used to be Hanchman. First, funny you say that. First pick, Jeff Hanchman or Josh Wittenberg? Josh Wittenberg. Why? Because you bring it all to the game, my friend. Jeff, I need to Paul's a fucking idiot for choosing Jeff. I need a clarification on this last question, JF. Yeah. Favorite Wiffle Winter Banquet moment. Is that like strictly within the hours of the banquet, or does he get to talk about sexy time? Ooh. Um, <laughs> if it's related to the banquet, then it counts. Okay. I enjoyed giving Brian Boyson's um, sp- lifetime, achievement. Thank you. Yeah. lifetime achievement speech. Handsome Drew Carey with a Will Chamberlain cock. Yes, I enjoyed doing that. And then also, um, the most recent banquet with Steve singing was very enjoyable. 
I thought the intro was phenomenal mm. because it was kept short, yet it was very quality. High quality. Understood. All right, now we're going to go to the one-word association. This is not rapid fire. This is one-word association. Okay, so I'll just say a phrase for whatever you tell me. <laughs> so difficult. Dave's Vegas Plays. Accurate. <laughs> Luke's ninth annual Wiffle Winter Banquet promo video. One out of three. What? You were the star. One out of three of the videos was good. <laughs> there was five. That's not a one-word answer. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, hard work. Seemed like we put a lot of time to that. Hyphenated. I got it. Mm-hmm. Wiffle draft. Absent. Me- I've been absent the last two years, pretty much. Well, I was Me late. Me too. Late, yeah. We share that together. Wiffle series. Personally. Wiffle series. Whew. The show. It's <laughs> two words. Show. <laughs> All right. Number five. Tony Vesheroff and or Frankowski. Monster. <laughs> he was taking steroids. I'm almost positive because he lifted. I have the same weight set in my basement. He lifted every single weight, which was 240 pounds but it's a lot more difficult than normal. Dude, dude was taking steroids. For sure. He was so fucking strong. Brandon Eckert. Even keeled. Hyphen. <laughs> Using another hyphen. <laughs> Even keeled. Wow. Brian Boyson. Resilient. It's a good one. Mike Satry. Strength. <laughs> what? He's strong mentally and physically. Luke Pollard. Damn, I want to go personal with this one. I don't want to. He's just a great guy. I don't know. Funny. He's funny. It's funny. I, Luke's usually, usually an association. I always think passionate. He's very passionate about Wiffle. Yeah. Videos. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, he's passionate. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just, I, I said that he's funny. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least, Carly Korch. Oh, man. <sighs> Mystery. Mysterious. <laughs> like, what she got on the... Nobody even lets her, like, we were setting it up for her to take batting practice, and then it just never happened, so that only added to the mystery. Mystery. There's a little mystery in the girl. Like, we know she's better than me, but, like, how much better? (laughs) Maybe she'll be the first female wiffle player. That's going to happen, I think. What do you guys think? I think it's a mystery. Very good. All right, we need to hit the break. The producers back there are just, they're itching. They're itching. They just gave me the thumbs up, but they're drinking a lot back there. You're listening to the Wiffle League Podcast. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey. Hey. 
That means it's our coming attractions. Speaking of coming attractions, Jeff, is your shirt dried off? Oh. That was the condensation for my drink. Sure it was. Sure it was. Um, Speaking of coming attractions, all right, our next two series. Sunday, June 26th at 10 a.m., Chestnut Park, Rough Riders versus The Storm. Is that game on as of now, or are we? Uh, is there a Dustin Eckert update that's gonna? Yeah, sounds like Dustin's gonna be able to play. However, I just got assigned to some overtime at 11 a.m. on that day, so I'm gonna have to bribe some coworkers and hopefully uh, it's either that or call in sick. So hopefully my chief doesn't listen to this podcast. There you go. No better time to call in sick than mid June. Late June, midsummer. I did it once before for uh, a mid-July. <laughs> and game. you can do it again, buddy. Yeah, but I also was uh, feeling a bit sick that day. So. And bring your friends, bring your family to this series because the last one was a shit turnout. <laughs> <laughs> After a good start to the year. Yep, yep. Attendance took a dive. And then the following and final regular season series, Saturday, July 9th at 9 a.m. or Sunday, July 31st. At 10 a.m., it'll be the Fireflies versus the Legends. Um, I'm assuming what we need there is some type of response to emails to confirm one of those games. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I just sent out an email and only got a reply from Brandon, so he's good on both days. But uh, as for the other seven, I haven't heard back. Dave, I think you said you could do both. Is that right, since we're going to put you on the spot here? No comment. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, what's really interesting, and I know JF, or sorry, the Wiffle Council sends out emails that says, you know, please respond, and Josh gets all antsy because it's either yes or no. Um, I know a lot of times I might have a conflict, so I, I text JF and say, hey, I got to wait to hear about this, but it's pretty absurd if people can't That's respond. Yeah, I know. We're on the same boat. We got work. I get it. Jason's giving me a thumbs up. Sounds like he'll be at either date well good we're almost halfway there um what's interesting uh the rough riders two and four they need to sweep one way or the other um either they need to sweep the storm to guarantee playoff placement or um they will have to get a sweep in the fires flies legend series and uh what that would mean for the rough riders then is they would need two wins against the storm so uh less than two wins for the rough riders and they are definitely out uh, with a sweep, they guarantee placement in the playoffs. They would actually be sitting in first place heading into that final series. Um, but obviously, Fireflies and Legends both hold tiebreakers over the Rough Riders. So if the Rough Riders only win four, they will be automatically eliminated unless there's a sweep in that last series. Josh, are they going to sweep you? Uh, only time will tell. Rich, are you going to sweep Josh? Uh, that's our intent. But... Okay. Um, want to make sure our intent has been to go six and oh and we're two and four so it doesn't always work out the way you want it to all right i think that leaves us with just a short 30 second window here to get in some errors josh what do you got for us uh somebody mentioned i believe rich you mentioned that the storm had given up the fewest runs it was actually the fireflies they have surrendered the fewest runs this year and uh jace or uh dave leap mentioned that jason was pitching well this year when he was doing a summary uh and unfortunately jason is pitching the worst of any uh, starting pitcher with seven or more runs. He's given up f- over five in uh, runs per start, and he's given up an average of a little over seven hits per game. So, 
Jeff, Definitely can I not pitching well? Jeff, can I add one one quick segment here? Sure, as long as you keep it brief. Okay, it's called corrections of assumed errors. Um, I said that the Storm have given up the least hits and home runs, which is different than saying the Storm gave up the least runs. I think I said runs. Ah, so I'm too. I'm, I was making stuff up just so it's we two errors. That's much. It's just so we could include this segment. It's so uncharacteristic of you, based on the defensive performance you put on display two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell was that? I don't know. It said, let's go, right? That was two. All right. <laughs> I want to thank our guys, JF, our content producer, Jason Hillenbrand. J- Jason Hillenbrand, our host, our audio producer, the man on the buttons and the dials. The buttons. The buttons. The buttons. Yikes. I want to thank Josh, our stats coordinator. I want to thank Dave, our very special, very welcomed. Very special. Very sophisticated guest. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy life to, to join us. It's been a pleasure. And I want to thank you all. I want to thank you all for joining us. I want to thank America with the flag blowing over my head. But I do want to thank you all for joining us on this edition of the Wiffle League podcast. I do want to say, holy fuck, because I don't believe I've said it yet. Can I get that button one more time, Jeff? <laughs> when the holy fuck is right, we're out of time. Sorry to say that. Thanks for joining us. This is the Wiffle League Podcast. Yo, fellas, y'all ready to do this? Yo, what's up, guys? What's up, man? Boys, I'm in effect. Yeah. And it's about...